Well, God is the giver of life. God will deliver us, and uh, that's what we really put our hope in, that God is faithful to His promises, and that we serve the God who is our Redeemer, the God of rescue. And even when we are in great trial, when we're looking at the path and we can't really see where we are supposed to go, or as the song just said, there's pain in the offering, we trust that God is present And we trust that God is working things out for good for those that love Him. Uh, This morning in our sermon passage, we're going to look at a story of God's great deliverance. So if you want to turn to Esther chapter 4. Esther chapter 4. This is a story of uh, really the basis of one of the, the festivals of the Old Testament of the Jewish people. The festival of Purim. The story of Queen Esther. A woman of great courage. Who risked her life in order to save the people. But in keeping in step with this series that we've been working through, Esther did not do this alone. That really is the crux of this series called Can't Live Without Them. We are connected. I am not an island. With all due respect to Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel, I'm not a rock, I am not an island. I am a better version of myself when I am connected and in relationship with others. We are a community of people. But within this community, there are special relationships. I would say God-given relationships that help us to become the people that we are called to be. People who encourage us. People who challenge us. And this series is really based on a book called 11 Indispensable Relationships We Can't Be Without by a man named Leonard Sweet. Although, I am deviating from the book this week. I'm deviating from this chapter, which I did not find to be particularly helpful, but I love the theme. I was in a conversation with some folks, and Mel Witcher was one of them talking about this theme of, of, of a person who challenges you, a person who motivates you, and he brought up Mordecai and Esther, and I appreciate that. And It's given me the opportunity this week to really dive into this story once again. I think that there's something in Mordecai that all of us need at some point in our lives. Well, thus far, we've looked at two relationships, and both of those relationships are connected to the life of David. So the first one we looked at a couple of weeks ago was Nathan. Every one of us needs a Nathan. We need a truth teller. We need someone to expose those ugly parts of us that need to be dealt with. We need someone to help us push through the self-deception that is such a potent force with sin. We have enormous capacity for self-deception. But also, we need a Jonathan. We need a true friend. We need someone who goes beyond just the acquaintance level. Someone who knows us. They know our wounds and our shame and our fears. They know all this about us, and yet they love us, and they accept us, and they support us. We need both of those relationships. Well, this morning, we're going to turn our attention to the book of Esther. So if you haven't found it yet, it's after 1 and 2 Kings, 1 and 2 Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah. It's that next book there. Esther chapter 4 really is the story of a crucial conversation between Esther, the queen, and her uncle Mordecai, who really is more of an adoptive father. 
But as we work through the background of this story, again, we're going to see something in Mordecai that I think will be helpful, a relationship that all of us need. But before we get to the sermon text, uh, we would do well to uh, refresh ourselves on the story of Esther. Uh, The book of Esther and the events that take place in this book uh, really take place about a hundred years after the Babylonian captivity, the great exile of the people of Judah. And uh, for you history buffs out there, you know that uh, after the exile, a few generations down the road, many of the Jews returned to Jerusalem after it was rebuilt, but many of them were scattered about. They were scattered throughout the world. And the events that take place in the book of Esther really have to do with the Persian Empire, uh, the empire along with the Medes who overthrew the Babylonians. And from the Babylonian captivity forward, the Jews were a people who were passed from one empire to the next. The story of Esther is the story of the Persian king who gets upset at his wife because she didn't fulfill a request of his. And so essentially she is banished and the king sends servants to find a replacement, to find a new queen. And the young woman who rises above the rest in beauty and in grace is this Jewish woman named Esther. Although she doesn't divulge that she is Jewish. So she takes her place in the palace. She is now the queen. She has servants. She has eunuchs. But there's another official who rises up through the ranks. A man named Haman. And Haman is power hungry. Arrogant. Evil. And he has a run-in with Esther's uncle, Mordecai. Mordecai refuses to bow down to Haman. And Haman's anger runs so deep that he goes to the king of Persia and convinces him that the Jews are a problem, they are in rebellion, and they need to be exterminated throughout the empire. And so the king agrees to this, and he actually puts into law, on a certain day of the month, the Jewish people are to be slaughtered. And when we get to our sermon text today, we have an exchange of messages between Mordecai and Esther. Uh, Mordecai can't enter into the, to the palace. He's in sackcloth and ashes and lament for this new law and the frightening prospect of being killed. And these messages is really, uh, it's about Mordecai imploring Esther to, to go and confront the king. To go and be an advocate for the people. The problem, of course, is that there are rules in the king's court. You can't just go to the king without being called, without being invited, even if you are the queen. And so Esther receives this message from Mordecai that she should go to the king. And she has this moment. It's a moment of weakness. It's a moment of self-preservation. Uh, She reminds Mordecai that if she goes to the king without being called or invited, uh, she could die. He could have her sentenced to death. Which brings us to our sermon passage this morning. Esther chapter 4, verses 12 through 17. Mordecai's response to Queen Esther's concern for her safety. Hear the word of God from Esther 4, beginning in verse 12. And they told Mordecai what Esther had said. Then Mordecai told, her, told them to reply to Esther, Do not think of yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than the other Jews. 
For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go, gather all the Jews to be found in Susa, and hold a fast on my behalf, and do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young women will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Mordecai then went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. May God bless the reading of His Word. So here's the question for you. Are you an early riser or do you like to sleep in? You have no judgment from me. Uh, when I was a kid, I was an early riser. I would wake up before 6 o'clock in the morning on my own and I was ready to go. I remember there was uh, a time when I had a hammer, I had some nails, and I had some blocks of wood. And I decided that the best time to do my wood project was at 4.30 in the morning. Uh, My parents did not, they weren't as enthusiastic about this plan as I was. My sister was just the opposite. Uh, My sister liked to sleep in. My sister needed some extra help. She needed a nudge in the morning to get going. We're just wired differently. Uh, But I wonder how many here are early risers and how many of you like to sleep in? Well, for those of you who like to sleep in, you need a little help. Uh, Some of you have strategies. You, You have an alarm and you put the alarm out of hands reach, out of arms reach, so you have to actually get up to turn off the alarm. That's a good strategy. But some of you rely on others for help. You need someone to come in, turn on the light, shake your arm. You need an extra nudge to get going in the morning. Of course, in terms of mission, I think all of us to some degree need a nudge from time to time. All of us need a Mordecai. This is what I see Mordecai doing for Esther at this critical moment in her life. Esther, as much as we adore her for her courage, for an ever so brief moment, she lost sight of the big picture. And I think all of us can relate to this. It's in our nature to seek the comfortable. It's in our nature to seek security. And if we live too long with the comfortable, well, there's the temptation To dwell there, it becomes a temptation to sleep in, which of course is deadly for the Christian. To be a follower of Christ, if I'm reading the Gospels correctly in the letters of Paul, is not an invitation to be comfortable, uh, to pick up our crosses, to deny ourselves and follow Him. It's not an invitation to be comfortable, to go out into all the world, to make disciples of all men, to become fishers of men. To desire to know Christ and the power of His rising and share in His suffering. To walk by faith and not by sight. That doesn't sound to me like an invitation to stay in the palace. That doesn't sound like an invitation to sleep in. In the kingdom of God, there's work to be done. 
Jesus tells us as much. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And we have such a short time in this world. James is right. We are but a breath. We are here today and gone tomorrow. And with this short life we have, we may be tempted, especially when we are tired, to stay in bed, to sleep in. But the call of Christ compels us to spring into action, to wake up, to stretch, to step out of our comfort zones, to step out of the palace. And whenever complacency sets in, or maybe more in line with what Esther's going through, whenever there is fear, we need someone to wake us up for the mission. We need a Mordecai. And this is what Mordecai does for Esther. She's at a crossroads moment in her life. It would be much easier to not have to confront the king. It would be much easier to dismiss and to not listen to the cries of the people. It would be much easier to just stay in the palace to put the covers back on and go back to sleep. But Mordecai challenges Esther, and he does this in a couple of ways. First, he reminds her that her self-preservation would only be momentary. It's a bit vague what Mordecai is saying here uh, through this messenger, that help is going to come from somewhere else. Uh, Esther is a unique book in, in the fact that God is not mentioned in the book of Esther. Actually, God is all over the place in the book of Esther if we have the eyes to see. But Mordecai tells her, Help is going to come whether you're with us or not. But if you're silent, you and your father's house will perish just the same. How that plays out exactly, I don't know. But it's this second approach that Mordecai uses that really should catch our attention as he draws the attention of Esther to the mission, to the bigger mission. And he does this with two words. Who knows? Who knows, Esther? All these things that serendipitously have lined up for you as you have risen through the, the ranks and you've found yourself in the palace and so many other coincidences that take place in the book of Esther. Who knows? Who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. This is your moment, Esther. And this is what cuts to Esther's heart. This is what wakes her up from her slumber and her need for security and her need for comfort. This is what pushes her out of bed. She realizes through Mordecai that she's actually part of something bigger than herself. And I wonder, and this is just speculation, but I wonder if this has never dawned on Esther. If she is, has thought that her uh, her rise through the ranks and her entrance into the palace and becoming the queen of the land was something that was from within her and not really part of something that God was orchestrating in the background. But this is exactly what she needed to hear. And the rest is, as we say, history. She does go and confront the king. And through her actions, God brings down the evil plans of Haman and at the same time elevates Mordecai to a place of great authority. God's fingerprints are all over the book of Esther. 
including God working through Mordecai to help spring Esther into her God-given mission to save the people and to find her godly courage. So maybe as we've worked through this story, maybe there are some memories that you have. Maybe there are some moments in your life when you had the opportunity for mission, but you decided to sleep in. And you needed someone to push you. You needed a Mordecai. Who is your Mordecai? Can you identify that person? A couple of months ago, we worked through the book of Hebrews on a Sunday morning, and the church that received that book, the church, better stated, that received that sermon was a tired church. That was a church that was enduring a second wave of persecution, and they were weary. And many of them were being tempted to give up on the mission. They were being tempted to quit to sleep in, in favor of being comfortable and being secure instead of walking in mission. But there's a famous verse that many of us know from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. And I'm going to read the different translations of that exhortation, that verse that says, let us spur one another on to love and good deeds. One of them says, let us spur one another. Another translation says, let us motivate each other. Let us stir up, let us provoke, let us stimulate, let us encourage one another to love and good deeds. But the translation that I like best comes from the New American Bible's translation, where the translation says, We must consider how to rouse one another to love and good deeds. To rouse one another. That's why we meet together. That's why we gather around this table as we remember the story, as we offer up our thanksgiving and adoration for what God has done and continues to do through Jesus Christ and through His Spirit. But there's another aspect to our gathering. It's easy in this life to become complacent in the kingdom. It's easy to be tempted to sleep in instead of engaging in mission. And from time to time, we need someone to rouse us from our slumber. We need someone to draw our attention to the bigger mission and our place in that mission. We need someone to challenge us and motivate us and push us and nudge us, maybe even shake us a little bit. We need a Mordecai. Again, the question, who is your Mordecai? Well, I want to close with this thought. I have had countless Mordecais in my life, too numerous to count. And there are many of my Mordecais who are in this room. If I just look around, I'm making eye contact with all kinds of Mordecais. And the, the interesting thing is that... The Mordecais in this room, so many of you did not challenge me through confrontation. You didn't challenge me through a conversation. You challenged me through your example. 
I can't tell you how many times I've been motivated to engage more in mission because I just watched somebody in this room pour yourself out in service. Isn't that an interesting thought? That just by you pouring yourself out in service, just by you pouring yourself out, throwing yourself out into mission, you can be a Mordecai from someone without even knowing it as they see your example, as they see you living out the call and the mission that God has entrusted to you. It has a leavening effect. It has a motivating effect in the kingdom of God. You may be rousing someone out of their slumber simply by showing up and serving. So in light of that thought, what is God calling you to do this week as we spur one another on to love and good deeds? Maybe you need a Mordecai this week. Maybe you need to be a Mordecai for someone sitting next to you. We need both. Who is your Mordecai? Well, whatever, whoever the Mordecai is, and whatever God is calling us to do this week, uh, we need wisdom, and we need that godly courage that God supplied to Esther through uh, Mordecai. Uh, we need that godly courage uh, through the Spirit among us to carry out the mission that God has entrusted to us, to be the good witnesses to the Lord Jesus Christ with all the people with whom we interact with on a daily basis. So if you would like to respond to the invitation to join in with what God is doing here among us, we invite you to come as we sing this prayer song, asking God to grant us the wisdom and the courage to carry out our mission. If you would, let's stand and let's sing.